0: i'm a documentarian this is how i this is a real slice of life podcast people are going to peek behind the curtain this is going to change the podcast game so we're
1: just gonna the the cold open is just going to be you like snidely (laughs) like pointing out my shortcomings uh yeah you told you said the other day
0: that i was (laughs) i was being more consistently nice to you and that did not sit well with me (laughs) i can tell I, that was that was not a tenable situation Episode two hundred and twenty-one of the Damage sure. Control Podcast. I'm John. I'm just one half of this podcasting super team, and like always, it is my privilege to introduce my co-host and a proud member of the Knights who say "nee." Here's Ryan.
1: We are no longer the Knights who say "nee." We are nee, now nee. the Knights who say "icky, icky, icky, patang zoom boing." Zara, zara, zara. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I keep giving you, like, I, keep, <laughs> I keep giving you intros where you have to perform and you keep nailing them out of the park. Uh, that wow. Well, that was, that was fun. Uh, well, my apologies. Enjoy your shrubbery on this week's episode. Things are going to get weird again, like doing shrooms on your way to freshman English class. Weird English 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 class. And a shocking turn of events. We had three choices of new releases to pick from. And we decided on the Green Knight, despite Ryan being absolutely certain he was only going to be able to see the Jungle Cruise this weekend, we'll get to our review of the Green Knight eventually, but first, we need to do some cleanup from last week, and I need to address my rage. It seemed Ryan, like... Ryan, do you read? Over. <laughs> I I read. Over. Loud and clear. Copy. Read. Over. I don't know how to do all that. Hello! Hi. What's up? <laughs> what's up with your face how are you i'm good how are you how's it hanging it's how's the humidity of your your taint oh why why
1: do you ask me questions like that
0: (laughs) i'm keeping the taint theme going oh god you laughed at it last week what changed (laughs) i don't know i've grown up a week since then (laughs) you've changed you've grown as a person yeah um. So, do you want to get to this whole why you were adamant that we were only going to be able to do the Jungle Cruise because that's what you're going to have to see this weekend, and it just didn't play out that way.
1: So, what happened was like Stacy is uh, really into Disney, and she used to live in Southern California, so she used to go to Disneyland all the time, and the Jungle Cruise is one of her favorite rides. She's like been on it like a million times, and. Um, people she went to high school with uh, ended up working on the Jungle Cruise. And so she mm-hmm. would go on the Jungle Cruise to like be on the boat when they were the one doing the stuff or whatever. So yeah. she's just very excited about that movie. So I just assumed the first opportunity to see it, she would want to see it, not remembering that Stacy and I are different people and her relationship mm-hmm. to movies is very different than mine. And it doesn't right. really matter to her when she sees a movie, just so long as she uh. sees it generally. Around the time it comes out. So she was like, you know, any time in the next month would be fine. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. I just thought if you were excited about it, you would want to see it, like, opening weekend. And she was like, no, I don't care about that. Um, Mm. So, and then in that case, I had a very particular preference for this Oh, my
0: gosh. Yes, you did. Good Lord. (laughs) Mr. Bargaining over here. Uh, Well, it's good that she doesn't have, she doesn't suffer uh, from FOMO, like, uh like most millennials. That's that's, that's good. True. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you did really like bargain like crazy. You begged. You I got mean, down on your hands and knees. <laughs> and you begged me.
1: One could to say review the Green Knight. One could say that I should not have to engage in the kind of pleading that I that I engaged in to get to review the movie I want to review on my own podcast. This is not
0: your own podcast. It's a podcast you share. Right. It's a, yeah, well, it's, a, okay, it's a partnership. Okay, if that's, if, if that's how it's going to roll, let me just point out how insane it is that there were three brand new Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, miniseries that have run in the last three months, and we've reviewed five episodes
1: from one of them. I mean, you never asked to review Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You never Holy asked shit. to review... This uh, is. Loki. You never, if you'd said, let's do a Loki episode, I would have said cool because I was totally caught up. I was more ahead of it, uh, more on top of it and caught up with it than you were. Um, And if you had said, hey, Loki just ended, we should do an episode, I would have said, dynamite, let's do it. You never said that. You did weirdly insist that we watch that Chris Pratt garbage, and I begrudgingly did it. Well, you had given me some alternative choice, a movie that I have
0: legitimately seen no evidence on the internet that it exists. So you're like, Oh, it's so cool, everyone's gonna be talking about it, but no one is talking it's about it. And I know on that because Max. I that doesn't mean anything. So is um a movie creative that I come up with on mm-hmm. the spot. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything. Um But I have my finger on the pulse of the average American moviegoer. Let's not forget that. I know it's been a while since I've made that not bold claim. It's just truth. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the Chris Pratt thing, though not great, uh, was going to be something more eyes were on. Not that it matters. People aren't listening to this podcast anyway. But still, I try to go with a more popular choice. And then this weekend, we had three choices. And you chose this one. Yeah, but not only did you choose it, you definitely begged for it. And we had to strike we had to strike a deal. We and didn't. I and I feel pretty good about the deal. Although I think we we probably would have ended up wouldn't we have ended up doing
1: what we like what I
0: like requested anyway.
1: Yeah, probably? I mean, I wasn't going to say that to you in the moment, but I yeah. mean, I was happy to go along with the bargain because I figured that's what we were going to do. I just so. wanted
0: it to, to feel like I won. Oh, and in that okay. case, it felt like I won even though I was like frankly, you know, like very aware that it probably didn't change anything. We were probably going to do that anyway, but here's the deal. We struck, we are reviewing the green Knight this week, which is the much more like artsy fartsy choice of the three movies. We had to pick from this week. Ryan's not a blue collar American man. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Otherwise that's, we'd that's be reviewing definitely. Stillwater. He's a high brow, thick rim glasses, Prius driving NPR listening. Kind of guy. I just described myself, but uh, I don't drive a Prius anymore and neither do you.
1: Um, I don't really listen so to yes, NPR anymore either. Oh, that's a bummer. I just listen to podcasts. Um, I listen
0: to in it. I I listen to a single NPR podcast. Mm-hmm. Does that make me an NPR listener? Yeah, I, I guess don't know. so. You decide. I still have you like a,
1: a sustaining membership to KERA, so I guess that probably puts me in the NPR listener, even though I don't actively listen. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, now I know you're a communist. What was I saying? Um.
0: So. <sighs> I was saying, oh, yeah, so you, we picked the more artsy-fartsy one. That's fine. But next week, we'll be reviewing The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which I'm very – the you know, James Gunn-directed Suicide Squad. Saying a lot so, of positive buzz about it. I'm very excited. And then the following week, we're going to review the movie that I thought came out like a year and a half ago but was uh, upended by the pandemic, and that would be Ryan Reynolds in Free Guy, the yeah. video game movie thing. Yeah, it looks like fun yeah so we got a nice little two weeks very vintage damage control podcast style mm-hmm. but for this week we got to suffer through an artsy fartsy film <laughs> okay okay uh anyway uh we have some like i've said now that we're 10 minutes into this we have some cleanup that we have to do from last week uh so bear with me i'm gonna dominate opening Chit chat. are you cool with that i'm
1: cool with it
0: okay cool thanks uh i had mentioned we were talking about like people talking in movies and boy will we get back to that soon you just wait a moment and we'll be there but uh i had mentioned that uh there were two occasions in which i i was not a great movie patron and one movie where i made out with my girlfriend through it and don't remember any of the movie and one movie uh, a perfect storm where I like did like a mystery science riff track through it throughout the whole thing. Um, well, I, I was struggling to come up with what was the movie that I made out through like in ninth grade or whatever it was. And I was correct. it was the Avengers from 1998. that would have been the right timing. that has uh, Ralph Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Um, but I also threw out the, the, the movie titled The Phantom not ryan starring jeff goldblum uh but in fact starring billy
1: zane ah Uh, yes
0: so it's a real movie It came out in 96 i was 12 then so i definitely wouldn't have been making out with anybody i don't (laughs) think i was close but not quite there um i do remember that movie only slightly and for some reason i've always thought that that was jeff goldblum but i was young and stupid and i haven't
1: seen it since so Hmm. it's been over 20 years I have a vague memory of that movie existing and that I probably watched it but I don't remember anything about it it's obviously
0: not memorable so yeah I just wanted to clean that up uh but you had brought up
1: like when people talk in movies yeah
0: what do people talk in about? particular? Had-
1: yeah. Like in particular, when you can hear, when there's people that talk through the entire movie, like it sounds yeah. like they're just have a stream of conversation going the whole time. Cause when you hear someone talk for like an instant and that's the only time, or maybe they only talk three times during the movie, I think it's, you can make some really reasonable assumptions about yeah. what must they, they asked a question or they right. said, Hey, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be right back or whatever. It's when mm. it's like a constant flow. That's when I'm just like, what the hell are they talking about for the whole well, movie?
0: Yeah. Well, your, your additional context, uh, and providing that preface kind of ruins what I was going to bring up. Oh, but one thing we didn't talk about was that like, you know, maybe, you know, I want to be sympathetic. I want to be a, a caring um, you know person considerate person in some cases maybe it could be someone who is like visually impaired and so maybe they're wanting to like you know you have a hey can you tell me what what's uh, physically happening on the screen in movie a moment theaters or... have
1: accessibility options for things like that.
0: I know and I'm aware but at the same time maybe they chose not to go to one like that and then uh, the uh, the other thought was maybe it was someone who you know not fully hearing impaired but definitely has like you know it's people who have trouble hearing, who are hard of hearing, like my father, who you have to like lean over and be like, he said this. What? Uh-huh. So that's what I was thinking of, but then now you've clarified and say like people who like just continue to talk throughout the whole thing incessantly. Now here's my question, yeah, because this will relate to, to my story here in a moment.
1: Were they talking at full volume or was it still a whisper? It was still a whisper. It was just a loud enough whisper that I could hear that they were whispering, but also mm. not so loud that I could really make out any words. It was just the sound of whispering coming at me the whole movie.
0: That's annoying. That is annoying. Uh, we'll hold that thought. And uh, let's see, the final thing, because we already addressed the Jungle Cruise dilemma here. Uh, the final thing is you, you were kind of, uh, we were on it, and it would have been much more timely had i released the episode w- when i should i had come up with a system but that system failed me this week because um <laughs> i had no motivation whatsoever i'm just gonna be upfront about it. i would like i literally like each night i was like oh god i don't want to do that uh and it was one of those things you know when it's like yeah and this is probably not gonna ring any bells for you because you're a responsible person but when you have like a small task or an email to respond to and you're like no i don't want to do that and, and just for whatever reason and then like a week passes and then like it takes you five minutes and you're like i should have i should have just done that originally mm-hmm. i don't know if you suffer from that at all cause every once in a again, while okay yeah when you debase yourself when you bring yourself to a lower standard like me yeah that's right yeah when i pull a uh, job. well that's what it, when you pull the old jb <laughs> uh that's what editing the episode was for me because it took no time at all because we didn't do spoilers so it was really easy to do and i had already edited the the trailer i don't know what i was doing i was just being procrastinating uh well let's talk about my movie going experience but let's do an interstitial here uh and you tell me because i told you that i had a con john
1: John. John. you It sounded like you were going to talk about how you and I had talked about, uh, COVID and the Delta variant, but then you got like sidetracked into talking about how you didn't get the episode out. So you sort of started talking about how that conversation should have been timely, but then you got Uh so sidetracked into talking about how you were irresponsible that you just never came back to that.
0: Yeah. That was incredible. (laughs) I deserve an award of some kind for that. Mm hmm. That was amazing. It was almost, it, that's a good precursor to the movie that we watched. Cause sometimes that movie takes some strange left turns. Hmm. I, I was trying to make it organic. Like, like maybe make it seem like it was an intentional thing. Ryan, it would have hmm. been better timing if I'd gotten the episode out, but I didn't. And it took me a long time, which is not the <laughs> actual point. The point is the one that you brought up, which is that, uh, we had talked a little bit about, uh the delta variant and you know our increasing concerns and whether or not i had thought about it which i hadn't i've done a little a little bit more thinking but you know just days oh my god dude how many fingers do you have have you grown more do you have more than you used to i'm done my god and now I'm super distracted. Uh, we. <laughs> the Fucking Delta variant. The CDC ordered, or at least released new guidelines recommending that even those vaccinated should wear masks in indoor spaces in public again. And. If you're in already an area You said that I'm of tired of talking about it. Which is like 80% of the United States. That's true. Area. That's true. And especially the areas that we live in, because you know deep south where we do things very confusingly and we care about ourselves our own individual freedoms but not so much about others you didn't want to pick up that hot poker did you come on nope no i'm
1: good (laughs) so we talked about (laughs) that last weekend (laughs) and we talked about it last yeah okay okay there we go thanks (laughs) co-host no problem So we talked about it last weekend and you were pretty blase about it and just didn't want to talk about it. And you were like, "Ah, I'm not really into thinking about that anymore. I'm tired of days later, tired of even the thought of it. Uh And then days later, the CDC updated their guidance, uh, making me look like Nostradamus.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little little Nostradamus. By the way, I think something just happened between our connection because it was as if like you had not synced up the audio correctly and you were responding to me like two beats late. But um, Mm. I don't know what's going on. I think we're fine now. I think think so. We'll see. I think our phones got. Yeah, I don't know. Burn it all down. (laughs) I think we're okay now. I don't know because you just laughed two seconds after my joke. So either like that joke wasn't that funny, which it wasn't or we're still on some kind of delay. I hate today. I hate it. I why don't we why don't I call you back? Sounds good cuz you're fading out. All right, bye. Here comes John the uses stupid the, uh, music.
1: Technical difficulties music.
0: Oh, this whole episode has been an emergency break. And you're listening to it right now. And it's no wonder like 12 people listen to this podcast Here's Ryan. Hi. Hi. How are ya? Good, how are you? You know, annoyed. Annoyed that any time this happens, I have to do more. (laughs) just
1: means more. Just add the technical difficulties music, it'll be fine. I mean, that's more. That takes a second. Why do you always say that?
0: Why do you always say, like, it only takes you, like, 30 seconds? That's 30 seconds. What if, in that 30 seconds, I, like... You figured out interstellar space travel. I,
1: mean, I, don't th- I don't think we have to worry about that, John. No, I'm working on it. Okay. Why don't we move on? I'm working so on it. Yeah, I- the point of the oh, last okay. part was I was talking about it. You didn't want to think about it. And now we all have to because the CDC guidance is updated. Also, our governor... Um, It just gets garbage It's all garbage It's really hard to navigate Because everything is conflicting And no one will cooperate And it's all tied to political identity When it shouldn't be Because it's a public health issue That's the thing Let's move on to When people talk in movies (laughs) Yeah and even as that was happening It was cutting in and out And then occasionally you sped up And I hate everything Well let's go back to a regular freaking phone call Then I'm going to hang up on you And call you back on a regular line oh okay bye oh my gosh
0: oh my gosh this is the worst
1: (laughs) hello ryan hello john (laughs)
0: what what did we do did we did we disturb
1: some kind of native american burial ground That's the second time you've said that in the last, like, I don't know, two or three weeks about making reference to Native American burial grounds, and you should
0: know that that's kind of racist. No, it's racist if I say Indian burial grounds like I would have (laughs) five years ago. It's completely fine now. Okay. (laughs) And that's, I don't, I don't, we could argue that until the cows come home. I don't think that's racist. I think it's a funny trope, and uh, there's a funny episode of Parks and Rec about it. You should watch it
1: that's true okay people who talk in movies what happened
0: oh i thought we were still on uh, coronavirus
1: no time. if when you hear my side of the audio when you <laughs> do this you'll hear that i took care of uh-huh.
0: it
1: is there a it. chance that anyone is still listening
0: right now like if they like oh a new episode of the damage control podcast let's <laughs> play on this i love this show like, even our most ardent listeners are like, nah, they don't have it today. They don't have it. <laughs> and there's a 0% chance I'm seeing that movie and go. Uh, okay, yeah, let me... We've been at this for so long, but let me tell the story. Okay. Uh, and you know what? The story is not that interesting. Cause, and then I was thinking about it as I was like processing my thoughts afterwards, because of course I have to do that. Uh, I'm almost certain that I have done this exact same thing before, And told the exact same story on the podcast before. Because I had a pretty severe sense of deja vu when I got home and I was thinking about it. Not in the moment, but definitely later when I was processing through everything. But like, okay, so let me set the stage for you. Uh, The Green Knight opening weekend, I was not expecting there to be that many people there. I think people, my audience, I don't know if they had done a whole lot of research going into the movie on the kind of movie it was or whatever because that that place was pretty packed i was surprised like i was especially surprised with you know like i you know I, i live in a college town so maybe you know more people paying attention to the um the news about the delta force and were like you know thinking like oh it would not be a good idea to go to the theater right now or whatever but no that place was packed there were more people there for the opening weekend of green Knight than for the i guess the second weekend of black widow because it was it wasn't full, but it was it was pretty packed for like the pandemic era. It was surprising, huh. and so I had ordered food ahead of time. It took a little while to get to me, but like, you know, I sit on the edge like I always do, and two guys come up, and you know, I'm they're they're coming. You know, it's that whole like, oh god, are they coming down my aisle? Yeah, they're coming down my aisle, and then they. Uh, are moving close to me and I'm like, okay, well maybe they left a buffer. Let's hope they left a buffer. I mean, come on, that's just common courtesy when there's one person on the end and nope. Sure enough, one has to sit right next to me. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I wasn't aggressive. I wasn't confrontational, but I definitely did let out a, "Mm." (laughs) definitely kind of (laughs) like a, a low growl of like, come on. I didn't say anything. And then later, like, uh, fast forward, maybe three minutes or, or so they're kind of chit chatting, you know, before, uh, previews have started, uh, right around there, I think. And like, you know, I think one of them, the one that was like having to like rub shoulders with me, although he was a, a tiny framed man. So I don't think he had to worry about anything. Um, he was like, you know, he was asking his friend or whatever, if like there were no other seats and apparently, yes, that whole row was kind of booked up so it just so happened that they showed up before everyone else because i was thinking like are you kidding me but that turned out to be fine and then throughout the movie they did the thing that you were talking about where there was the occasional like one person didn't um didn't hear something or you know there's the weird script that would show up like uh to kind of set the
1: stage i don't know what those things are yes yeah it was like little like little like fraser inner titles uh titles (laughs) yeah and it was hard to to read sometimes yeah
0: yeah Yeah. it was like old englishy text and it was hard to read and so he would like lean over to his friend and try to get clarification that was fine you know like i start out i started out very ragey at them for having to sit so close to me and i also got kind of i did it was weird i got a little panicky because, like, I I just completely left the apartment and forgot to bring a mask. I don't think I would have worn it because I was about to, you know, I was going to eat and stuff. So, I was like, I don't really see the point after a while of exposing myself anyway. But then, you know, when they plop down right next to me, I'm like, I feel so exposed here. And it was just weird how the mind can change like that. And I know, like, one side of the aisle is like, don't live your life in fear. Um, and it's not like I want to. But at the same time, like... A week ago, I was meeting with students for orientation, sitting directly next to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, having no problem with it. And now, it's, like, because of everything happening with uh, the rising cases with the Delta Force, I was just, like, and I was a little panicky for, like, a minute. And then I was, like, it'll be fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. So, after I got past my initial, like, panicky feeling and annoyance at them even throughout with the the occasional whisper and clarification and stuff didn't really bother me, but Ryan and I'll get into this when we get to the movie. I think this, this movie lost my audience pretty, pretty quickly. Maybe by the middle of the movie, uh-huh. I think I even saw people walk out. I think two young people walked out from the background. Maybe they're like, we can go make out anywhere, honey. Let's not make out here. <laughs> um, but, to uh, another couple, I believe, uh, it, def- it felt like the voices is coming from a man and a woman. Not, uh, maybe like in their 20s or 30s, but like at some point I think th- the movie had lost them as well. And they like, you know, they, they threw all courtesy out the window. Because it went from being the occasional like whisper maybe or something to full-blown talking in regular voices. Oh, wow and constantly and i'm like no one around them like on their row i'm like th- two or three rows in front of them or two probably i was like no one's saying anything that's closer to them because that would be really annoying
1: and so i I'd, I'd start with it what do you think my first move is uh probably a loud sigh followed by maybe looking back at them
0: it's it was definitely the latter it was the it was the look move i don't think i did a sigh uh, it was the kind of, like, looking back, like, hopefully they get the sense that, like, that's annoying. Stop that. Um, well, Ryan, they didn't get that sense. So it continued on for a while. So finally, uh, I, I noticed the guy who was forced to sit next to me did the same thing. He did the look back. And I was like, all right. So then I looked back, and Ryan, the the, the light from the the screen caught the whites of that guy's eyes. And I made eye contact with him directly, and I said... Are we serious? And then I turned back around and under my breath, I, I, I protested to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because I was so annoyed Uh, and they did not say a single word after that. And I felt so good about it. Nice. Uh, And, and then of course I'm expecting confrontation, you know, afterwards, So, like, when the credits started to roll, I continued to sit in my seat because I was like, well, if it's coming, bring it. You know, like, I'm not going to, like, get up and run out of here. Like, I I want to have this conversation if one's coming my way. Nope, nothing. Didn't say anything to me. I strolled out of there feeling like uh, Andre the friggin' giant, you know, (laughs) and I felt great. Nice. Uh, Yeah, it's just one of those things. I was like, how have we gotten to this point, like, where that's okay? Where like you've thrown common courtesy out the window and it's just like I'm just gonna talk a full volume. All these other it's the whole like to me, I was just thinking about it as part of this like um you know, the, the the part of this macrocosm where it's like I care more about my individual situation in the time that I'm having and I'm less concerned about the fifty to sixty other people that are here. That also paid disturbing amounts of money to come see this
1: movie. <laughs> or I mean, I, that's one hundred percent like very possible their thought process it could also be i am only thinking about my experience and i have paid no mind to the experience of others around me you know like it could be a more passive like just not thinking about not caring mm-hmm. about yeah but it's kind of not- what i meant yeah. Okay. yeah not doing it to like
0: spite us but like really it's like somehow not even like acknowledging the fact that there are you know However many people surrounding them who are trying to... And that's the thing, like, in the moment... Like, if if they had, like, got to a point where they're like, I don't really like this movie, so I'm just going to keep talking through it. Um, Listen, I wasn't really liking the movie that moment either, but I was also trying to make sure I, like, understood everything. Because there's some real understated points in this movie. We'll talk about that here momentarily. And, like, I'm really trying to listen, and that was happening so anyway as i'm processing it when i get home feeling like a million bucks i was like i'm pretty sure i did this exact same thing and even said the exact same thing of the are we serious i use the collective we i feel like that's less somehow it's less and also more harsh
1: (laughs) it's definitely i mean it's for a confrontational moment it's slightly less confrontational because you're saying we instead of you are you
0: serious Like, I'm almost asking, like, are, is the universe serious right now? Are we collectively, <laughs> as a whole, as a group of people, kidding ourselves? It was so annoying. And it wasn't like he was looking at back at me with fear in his eyes or whatever, but I do feel like he got his – he, like, felt like he got his hand slapped. And I hope it was a first date. And I hope that that girl was like, ooh, can't date this guy. He can't stand <laughs> up for himself. That other guy way no. a bit husky wait but i'm going going his direction wouldn't we prefer
1: that if she's yes, going yes. to not that it's more like he's an inconsiderate jackass i'm not going to see him again not he didn't engage in fisticuffs <laughs> in with the fisticuffs. guy who called him out for his poor behavior we,
0: that's true that's true that's what we want we want we want people to be more self-aware and willing to say i'm sorry
1: yeah uh, but yeah it so was just it was I, I too had an experience with a fellow you said that and, and I've been
0: talking for too long and I'm excited for you to tell me the story I don't care if open chat lasts is, a
1: full day it's not that exciting of a story but it did like you know at this point you've revealed that you didn't quite like this movie very much i did like it but yeah. i also recognized while i was watching it like this movie is not for everybody it's <laughs> um, very
0: for a very small portion <laughs> of the
1: population yeah so when this thing happened, it just made me laugh. And then when it happened again, it made me laugh again. And I thought it was pretty funny. So there's moments of this movie. It's a very quiet movie. There are some moments where the audio, whether it's music or some other kind of auditory experience, sort of swells. And then it'll mm. sort of calm back down again. And two oh different times, so yeah. when it swelled and then calmed back down again, the calming down was met with long, pro pronounced snoring from a gentleman down <laughs> towards the front like really loud snoring <laughs> and like i was like fair dude fair like i'm not yeah. there i'm can't not feeling that you, buddy but i get it
0: <laughs> i can't blame you when the director just did like a a full 360 pan for four hours i thought it was very funny that he was snoring so loudly so did you have to confront this patron
1: no i just left him alone and enjoy you paid for this nap enjoy it it's fine (laughs) it's not really impacting my enjoyment of the movie because (laughs) i'm in a i mean it's a very cerebral place you're not affecting my cerebral sort of appreciation of what's happening here you're not affecting (laughs) that it's a gorgeous looking movie you're just snoring it's fine
0: yeah yeah sure Sure. It's funny how we'll tolerate that, but you start having a conversation, I uh, blow my lid. Well, also,
1: a conversation is a very conscious decision that you're making. One does not choose to snore.
0: Thank you. Thank you for knowing that. I I think my dog, like I fell asleep on my couch this morning after like having been up for a while. And I was, you know, I'm sitting like upright and that's not great. So I'm pretty sure I was just, you know, like snoring like crazy. My dog kicked me. Lenny kicked me. (laughs) She could have been stretching because she was also sleeping, but she could have also like consciously kicked
1: me. Hmm. That's fun.
0: That's tough stuff. All right. Well, we need to wrap this up. I just, I have to finish by saying, uh, that after the movie was over, I went to Walgreens. I think I always get Walgreens and CVS confused, but I was at Walgreens. They're not sponsoring this episode. And (sighs) You know, you always, like, are kind of anticipating those moments where it's like, oh, man, it feels like we're in the future. This is cool. You know, like, I don't know exactly what those moments are. Maybe the first time I ever sit in, like, a, a driverless car, I'll feel, like, very futuristic mm. in that moment. Yeah. Or whatever. And this was one of those moments I was thinking of, like, Minority Report and, like, the advertisements that that follow you and stuff like that. But I went into this Walgreens and, like, in the drink aisle, you know, like the cold cold storage or whatever, all the doors. I don't know if you've seen this yet. This was new because I've I've been I go to this place regularly, but it's been a couple weeks. All the like the doors are no longer like um, transparent, you know, glass or plastic or whatever they use. Um, they are now like full on high definition screens that show you what's in there. Oh,
1: that's interesting. And I'm like,
0: but but then I was like, wait, what's the point? because because you can see what's in there with just glass or clear plastic or whatever but then i was like oh it's because it adds you can run ads while you're walking past it or whatever there's even a feature it had a feature where there's like a little camera or sensor or something and it was like wave to ask a question and you better believe i was waving like crazy because i was like what questions can i ask this thing like (laughs) excuse me soda refrigerator (laughs) will i ever find love you know but it didn't respond to my waving i so i don't know if that was not a, f- a functional feature but i was like this seems like technology that's just like for the sake of f- cool technology like this is not it does not necessarily mean the future is going to bring improvements that actually improve our lives
1: yeah I, that's interesting could you so it was like a you couldn't see through it as well like no. it wasn't both. no that's was the so other screamed. funny thing
0: yeah right so that was yeah it was exactly it was like looking at a tv screen when it was off like that's what it would look like and that was like i was talking to it with the cashier or whatever and she's like yeah uh if they break down like then they are super dumb because you'll have to open the door to actually see what's in there (laughs) like this is stupid this is stupid but this is where we are yeah oh man speaking of where we are i think it's finally time to turn away from opening chit chat and get to this movie maybe i think, do you think I think
1: so yeah i think that's a good idea
0: i think so yeah that's uh because we've already stumbled through the first 40 minutes of this podcast um which is not uncommon so if you like that kind of thing people stumbling <laughs> through podcasts you should uh subscribe to the damage control podcast and rate and review us and all that stuff please 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 and thank you coming up next We're going to get into uh, a spoiler-free, although will we need spoilers? Yeah, we probably will. A spoiler-free review of The Green Knight.
1: Oh, greatest of kings, let one of your knights try to land a blow against me. Indulge
0: me in this game. I will be deep. One year hence. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that was from the trailer for The Green Knight. Here's the synopsis from the Internet Movie Database. A fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It's not even a full sentence, but I like it more than most other synopses from the Internet Movie Database. Uh, this was written and directed by David Lowry. not a household name. Ryan knows him, of course, because he directed. He wrote and directed Ryan's favorite movie, A Ghost Story, in which a person wearing a sheet is an actual ghost. That he tried it's an to get me to, wa- to. He tried to get me to watch early on in the podcast history, and uh, luckily I was unable to. Yeah, uh, but this movie, the
1: Redbox DVD, was like scratched or something right
0: that's what it was yeah i couldn't remember i couldn't remember at all there was like several things that prevented me from watching it and that was like the final straw and i was like the universe does not (laughs) want me to watch this movie uh this this stars dev patel uh, alicia vikander uh, sarita chowdhury sean harris kate dickie from game of thrones nice to see her with a child latched on to her breast like a full grown child that was good uh, joel edgerton who is like doing all the press for this movie along with dev patel but he's in the movie for like five minutes Just as a heads up and uh oh i could have screwed this up i'll have someone listed twice here oh, Ron, we've got that. um one continuing and one new familiar face continuing from uh last week i think this is the first time we've ever had a familiar face make it Uh, from one week to the next we've got ralph einison again Mm -hmm. uh he is the green knight he was briefly in gunpowder milkshake which is what we were doing last week Mm -hmm. uh he is most i mean he's in the harry potter franchise and things like that but i know him from the british office where he played chris finch um the british version of todd packer or whatnot so Mm -hmm. and then you have aaron kellyman who we you might recognize from uh, from Han Solo's standalone movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, she was Infus Nest, Infus Nest. She wears that cool helmet. She's the like m- a marauder kind of pirate mm, smuggler. I totally thing.
1: forgot about that. I, j- I yeah. know her from Falcon and the Winter Soldier,
0: and she's also in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and so I have a new source of lady confusion, and now it is her. And I thought I'd written it down, but I didn't um Sasha' something or other she is in Loki, and vamp for a second while I look this up. Oh, Are you no talking man. about
1: the woman who plays like the the main other Loki variant because they don't look anything alike?
0: No, not okay, so good no uh, an actress named Sasha Lane she was in that movie American Honey with shia Labeef.
1: Hmm.
0: um but she was also in um she was one of the uh what was it the uh, tva uh she was a she was one of the guards she was like the guard that like sylvie had done like a uh, gotten into her mind whatever that thing she called oh
1: uh, i guess i could see that kind of yeah
0: yeah they're both obviously like mixed race and they have very distinct looks but really and truly they don't look anything alike i'm just you know it's just me it's just me and my confusion right yeah okay uh well this was not your grandmother's arthurian legend was it ryan what did you think um
1: i really liked it mm. um I-, I wasn't sure i was with it for all of the movie um okay. and i i'm really interested to see it again because i think <laughs> no, like
0: you didn't just say again brother what did you say in your
1: letterbox review i thought that was shocking oh, like four or five more times <laughs> good god So, because the thing is, there's a couple things about why I would want to see it so many more times. One, I wasn't prepared for the kind of movie it would be, even knowing David Lowry and knowing Mm like the the kind of like he's made some more conventional movies, but he's also made some weird stuff like a ghost story. Um, and knowing that he can go into that ghost story territory, I didn't think this was going to be as much in the ghost story realm as it would be. I thought it would be closer to something like. Not that it would be anything like Pete's Dragon, but Pete's Dragon is far more conventional. Um, I thought it would be in that realm. Um, But it is, uh, it's different. It's inscrutable. (laughs) Um, And uh, so there was that. I wasn't prepared for that. And so knowing that it's that kind of movie, I would like just kind of maybe engage with it a little bit differently. And then also, um, I think the movie probably would benefit from you from someone knowing more about the tale like the sir gawain and the green knight tale which i had zero familiarity with oh okay like and i remember thinking like after after it was over i was like i think the only way john is going to like this is Mm. if in his various studies of literature he came across this tale and liked it a lot and really appreciates what lowry did with the tale because I I've done a little bit of research. I don't usually do that, but I've done some research and I've Oh, I'm proud of you. found some some where some way some areas where this is a very faithful adaptation of it and also Ooh. there's like deviations of it from from the original tale. Pretty sure um, there was no
0: HJ in the original
1: poem. HJ? What?
0: Handjorb. Hand- oh, right. Yeah. Giving Probably someone a that's hand. That's right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I thought maybe, and then also I just think like on a a thematic level, it's really interesting. So maybe that would speak to you. But in general, I was like, if John is familiar with this, that might, this might be in his wheelhouse, but otherwise I think he's not going to like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, um, but, um, I found myself going on an interesting journey with it because, um, uh, just following along with the story, I had no idea what to expect from one scene to the next. It's very episodic um it's like basically like four episodes um and there those (laughs) those little interstitial titles Uh, yeah are like the little the little like okay now we're gonna have a scene about this and then he's gonna move on from that and we're gonna have another scene about this there
0: was even one called the interlude and i'll be honest that's when i laughed i was i laughed (laughs) i was like oh god an an interlude
1: (laughs) oh my god yeah so um yeah and i i found the story really interesting i wouldn't say that i understand a hundred percent of it which is the other reason that i would like to watch it more because i would like to unpack more of it but i understood enough of it to be really interested by what david lowry is exploring in it the other thing i would say um uh is that i think dev patel um is a really interesting choice for this role for re- a lot of reasons that have nothing to do of, with like the color of his skin. Right. I think casting a British, uh, uh, in, uh, uh, cause what Deb Patel is English, but he's of Indian descent, I think is probably the way you would say that. Sure. Um, and so uh, he's not a conventional casting choice for a knight in an Arthurian tale. And I think that's interesting and fine, whatever. Um, but I'm way less interested in that and more interested in the kind of actor Dev Patel is and what he brings to the role. Um, and he, to me, is always someone who like has a lot of dignity and um, brings gravitas and sometimes innocence Um, but he's just has like a lot of integrity as an actor. And I don't mean that in terms of like his character, he's like of good moral fiber necessarily, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, he just conveys that in some ways and, um, not knowing anything about this tale. I didn't understand that it was going to be about a knight that like kind of fails a lot and doesn't necessarily pass all of the moral tests that are put in front of him. And so it was almost like watching um, training day and just like hoping Denzel Washington really wasn't bad. Um, Hmm. It was kind of like that. And I was like, "Spoilers, I don't, but it it is, it isn't. I was, I found myself rooting for him perhaps longer than I would have, or not rooting for him, but like not understanding that that's what this movie is about overall is this struggle to like, make the right choice or to like be a good person or to be honorable. I didn't it was it was only in the like the last 20 minutes that I was like, "Oh, this movie's exploring that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And now I want to like watch it again from that perspective." Um that's so that's another reason why like I want to see this many more times another reason I want to see it many more times is that it's gorgeous. It's really, really pretty. Um, it's a pretty low budget movie, but man, like it looks like, you know, it's a weird, I was listening to, um, I happened to listen to a podcast that ended up featuring an interview with uh, David Lowry And I didn't even know that was going to be part of the episode. Um, but they were talking to him about wow, that. And he was you talking did a about
0: a lot of pre-show research. I what didn't mean knew? to though.
1: I was listening to, I was listening to the big picture podcast and they were talking about Titanic and Terminator two. And then they're like, Oh, in the second half of the show, we have an interview with David Lowry talking about green Knight And I was like, Oh, well, that's perfect timing. I'll listen to that. Um, wow. But at one point they were talking about how like it's a period piece, but of no particular period because it's his fantasy, but it has all the trappings of a period piece. And so in in general would be very expensive to make, but they had to do it under a lot of financial constraints. Um, And I just think like it's a, one of the things that's consistent across all of David Lowry's movies, regardless of uh, what kind of movie it is, is he always brings this really textured, tactile, real, feeling to things even with something like peach dragon it feels like you can like reach out and touch that dragon um and i wouldn't say that everything felt tactile in this movie there's a fox character um that kind of is like a little buddy um of dev patel's and that that fox did not always look like a real fox it often <laughs> looked a like little, a cg fox a little low budget
0: cgi fox yeah
1: yeah yeah but there were other things about the environment and some of it has to do with them just literally building some of these sets like the um the round, the Arthur's round table, like that's just a mm-hmm. practical set, but there's other things where there's a lot of digital imagery mapped onto things. And it just, it all blends together very well for the most part. And it just, I just thought it was gorgeous. And I loved just like looking at the world. So I really liked it. It was not the kind of movie I thought it was going to be. And it took me a little bit of time to adjust to that. And that's part of the reason I would love to see it again to kind of like, Oh, this is what it is. Let me watch it again. Yeah.
0: Got it. Well, I don't I don't honestly know where to start. Um I have a lot of things kind of swirling in my head. I'll say this, I have no familiarity with uh David Lowry or really Dev Patel either. I don't think like I have if you want to be disappointed, there's I have not seen Slumdog Millionaire. It's not that good.
1: I mean, it's fine. Okay. Um it's not wasn't one of the better best picture choices. That I was going to say wasn't it up made. for like it, Best won. Picture? it won. It won. Won okay. Best Picture. Um, wow. It's fine. It's not a terrible movie. It's got an interesting structure because it all. It's like flashbacks while he's playing. Um, yeah, who wants I, to be I a millionaire? Get the premise. Right. But if you really want to see like what Dev Patel can do, I would watch a movie called Lion, um, where he plays a guy who uh, he plays like a, a little boy who got lost in India and got, gets adopted yeah. by these Australian parents. That is an amazing movie, and his performance is incredible. Um, He's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's great in a lot of things, um, but that movie really showcases like his ability to, to just, it's a broad range of stuff he does in that movie. It's really good.
0: Fair. But yeah, none of those movies or or anything I've ever seen, but Indian best exotic Marigold hotel, whatever that title is. He is in
1: those two movies. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, did I, did I, did I combine them? I don't even know. What are they called?
1: I think it's like, that it's like the best exotic Marigold hotel. And then that part two or something. I don't think it has oh, a okay. r- really different, different title. Gotcha. Yeah. So I haven't seen that,
0: uh, or those. Um, so I'm not very familiar with him and I, yes, I have some familiarity with the story. Um, uh, cause I, I remember very vividly, uh, studying, you know, Arthurian legends in high school, maybe late, you know, maybe ninth grade, which for me was still junior high. um, I didn't remember, I had some vague recollection of what the story was for Sir Goyne and the Green Knight, but I definitely did beforehand, you know, being the the English major that I am, I went back and, like, uh, you know, researched the story just to remind myself what it was about. And maybe that helped me. That probably helped me, because if I I didn't have that, I think I would have, like, loathed the very screen that this movie was projected onto. (laughs) Because as it, as it stands, I did not like it. And I'm going to like completely borrow slash steal uh, a line from you from last week for <laughs> Gunpowder Milkshake, which you gave two and a half stars, and you said that was the highest that you could go for a movie that you didn't like. And I think that's what I'm willing to do as well. So isn't that hmm. funny? Isn't that just so indicative of our personalities and our preferences? <laughs> it is because yeah. like I I know gunpowder milkshake wasn't a great movie but I enjoyed watching it um you know but this is one of those things where it was like we've said this before and I, I like this distinction that it was like that was a really well done movie that I didn't happen to like very much I can't I mean there are certain aspects of this of this that I think think that I think are very well done like you said the visuals are pretty incredible I saw one reviewer say that this was maybe enthralling but not necessarily very entertaining and i'm 100 percent on board with that sentiment Mm. right Mm -hmm. i was enthralled visually i mean it's like okay this is cool to look at um but i was not very entertained it you know like i talk a lot about like movie builds up some goodwill and then uses it all up and i run out of goodwill and i'm uh, i grow impatient with a movie uh i grew impatient with this movie and i could tell my audience was feeling the exact same way uh i you know i just felt it in the room i definitely felt it like even after my awkward confrontation uh even before the confrontation that's when the two people walked out um maybe those two people were sitting next to the couple that was talking so maybe that's why they felt it was okay i don't know but their voices were caring they were full volume Anyway, uh, as I was leaving the theater, a a younger family, husband, wife, and a male son, who was probably under the age of 12, came out, and I know that they were in my theater, and I was like, that was a weird one, huh? And and the dad, you could tell, was just like, if he had chosen it, he had completely regretted that choice. He's like, (laughs) yep. Uh, I forget what he said, but it was kind of funny, and we went our separate ways. But that, yeah, not... Man... Not something I enjoyed that much. Now, I've told you lately, and this has always been a part of my reviewing style, but I haven't been as like upfront and overt about it as I am becoming now, but I always want to come up with my adjective and some comparisons, okay? Okay. Uh, here's my adjective. I'm going to give you the word ethereal. Mm, I like one. your word of inscrutable, but this does feel very dreamlike. Yep. It feels very hazy. Like, you're watching it through a dense fog, and that also kind of speaks to the material as well. It's like coming at you through a dense fog. Um, And here are my comparisons, Ryan. I think they'll sound familiar. Tell me if these ring a particular bell. I'm I'm blanking on the
1: title of one of them. Uh, (laughs) Oh, here we
0: go. I'm thinking of ending things.
1: Oh, man. Okay.
0: And... Mother... Do those sound familiar at all to you? Oh, that's and of so course interesting because those
1: are those are very like in your face very, movies, but they're very and,
0: dreamlike. They're very dreamlike, yeah, and they're true. very like I can't trust what I'm watching. Uh, how do I make sense of this particular moment as it relates to the story, the narrative? And yeah, those are a a, a much more in your face. And this is, you know, obviously still dealing with fantasy. So that's, you know, like adds a, a layer to it. But I hate those movies, you know? I don't. I maintain hate- that if you go back and listen to our review of Mother, you <laughs> liked Mother. I still don't think that's true. But here's the thing I don't want to watch. I don't want to rewatch Mother. And I certainly don't want to re listen to her episode. So I'm just going to go based on my memory that I knew I blamed you after getting out of that theater. um I did not yeah I did not enjoy this really I think enthralled but not entertained is the right way to put it I Hmm. I can't even say like I was like mesmerized by anyone's like any of the actors performance just because I was so kind of put off by most of everything that was happening there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie in fact there's there's there are some stretches I think I just don't like this director I'll say that how about that um there are some stretches like very long stretches with absolutely no dialogue and you know he apparently likes moments of slowness where very few things are happening on screen and he likes to linger and i don't like that i have i mean maybe it's my like like a form of entertainment add but there's a shot of like Dev Patel riding his horse out of town for like what felt like five minutes. Yeah, it's a a, it was a really long shot. (laughs) And there was a time where like he does a full 360 pan in a forest, and I was like, this feels like it will never end, and I'm getting dizzy, and I don't like this. And then the movie does this kind of sequence where it's kind of there's a twist ish involved, so I can't I don't want to talk about that. We might get to that in spoilers, but. i mean it's all like stuff happening on the screen kind of like mother where everything just like starts progressing really fast and you're like what the heck is happening and there's Mm -hmm. absolutely no dialogue uh and that went on for what felt like a half hour (laughs) so when there was dialogue like there's moments of like monologue right like alicia vikander i'm trying to get trying to pronounce her name like true nordic style here um there, She's got a couple moments where she goes into some monologues, but here's the thing, when the movie does get v- verbal... I had trouble, like, hearing what they were saying. Like, this is very understated. It's very quiet, like you said at oh, times. This and I'm just is like, like uh,
1: this is it's your not version Blade of mine. My- <laughs> it's not.
0: It's not because it wasn't like the movie volume is not loud enough or I've got beer in my ears or whatever. It's the movie. It's like It's like, hey, this is a really poignant part where they're talking and I need to be able to hear what they're saying and I don't think I was alone. I think other people were like, what the hell what the hell does she say i heard she said something about like a man's you know uh, reach and grasp and that's a familiar phrase so that's interesting that seems very poignant very thematic but i still
1: can't make heads or tails of what you're saying because i can't fully hear it like that was a moment I would, where i definitely wanted <laughs> subtitles i would agree with you i had there were a, t- a couple of times where i was like man i wish i had grasped what she said a little bit yeah. better um yeah so like visual style is
0: one thing i think like that's all very aesthetically pleasing but on every other scale and so that's like i i am not pleased and that's why i'm not giving the director a passing great and here's what i think is this is why i think it's funny when things play out this way uh and you'll probably i don't know you might groan at this but like the rotten tomatoes for this i'm not looking at it but i think i know
1: oh i have it 90- in front of me
0: 90% critic score certified yeah. fresh what's that audience,
1: audience scores, score is at
0: 53% and dropping uh and I think that that's like I don't know here's my theory Ryan you tell me if it holds any water because you're you're not we're you're we're critics I suppose we're appreciators of film but you're the more you're the film guy and I think this is a movie that's gonna like you're gonna have a greater likely a greater likelihood of appreciation for it than someone like me, a regular old Joe, a common man, the proletariat. We've been through this before. But what I think has happened is that because your people, you snooty bunch of assholes, I'm kidding. Uh have been so starved for a movie like this because it's all been fast nine and black widow you know like since movie theaters have reopened or whatever that you've been desperate for a more artsy fartsy movie that this is the first one that falls in your lap and you go bananas for it that's what i think has happened
1: it's it's not possible that that like film like like uh i don't know cinephiles film snobs whatever just really like it
0: Oh, I think that's possible it has to too, be for but... some
1: artificial reason that has nothing to do with the <laughs> movie itself.
0: Yes, absolutely it does. No, I mean, I think it, both things are probably happening. I really do believe in my theory to some degree. I mean, I think, like, you know, because is there not a conversation going on right now about, like, big studios are afraid to, like, um, make that type of movie now because, like of the kinds of movies that are getting made these days, like for like the amount of superhero or big budget action or whatever. Yeah, but a big
1: studio didn't make this.
0: I know a 24 did, but they're not yeah. like, they're not. I mean, a 24 is kind of all over the place. You see them everywhere. So it's not like they're nobodies. I mean, this was a wide release and I don't think you get a whole lot of those. So I will say the one positive thing I will say is that I'm glad that I saw it because it was something different but I did not like it. And by God, I might watch it one more time just to make sure I didn't really actually miss anything. Cause there are some interesting thematic things happening. I agree with that, but I did not enjoy this movie really at all.
1: Okay. Uh, just a little update on the rotten tomato score. I hit refresh cause the window had been open for a little while and the critics score actually went down to 89% and the audience Suck score it. went up to 54%. So it is not falling. It is rising.
0: Well, it could just be, you know, market fluctuations. I've got to adjust. I'm going to scream a little bit. Oh, my butt hurts. Okay. And my butt hurts because of that movie. I don't know. Like, I was just sitting and I was uncomfortable in my chair. And so I have suffered for this podcast watching this movie that I now blame you because you begged so hard for it. Well, because
1: I've been wanting to see this movie for like two years because it was advertised as oh, coming wow. out in March of 2020 before the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to see it then um, and then it got pushed and so I've had to wait and wait and wait and... Um, uh, during the pandemic Actually David Lowry Recut the movie He like Kept oh, wow. working on it Even though he was set To release it anyway He like he was gonna He had a version That he was gonna Premiere at South by Southwest In March And then I think It was gonna open In like May or something um, And that he, he, it was done It was ready And then he just like Wasn't satisfied with it And took Took, took more time with it um, It would be fascinating To sort of see The version That he thought He was gonna release And then compare it And see how it's yeah, different um, I
0: may have actually Liked that one Who knows
1: <laughs> All right. Do you want to do some spoilers? Yeah, if we have anything, I'm guessing you do. So yes, yeah, up next, I just Spoil- have some plot-specific Uh-oh. like questions that I would like to ask you. I didn't realize that you were going to ramp right up and do it. Sorry. Spoilers next. <laughs> Warning, the following section of the Damage Control Podcast contains spoilers. Any listener who has not seen the film or films being discussed proceeds at their own risk and waives their right to any future complaints that host John and Ryan ruined the movie for them. Those that ignore this warning and choose to complain anyway will be labeled as big dum-dums and will be treated with extreme derision. Please be advised.
0: Yeah, come on, let's spoil it. So,
1: okay. Semen. The green, the, <laughs> okay, John. So, there's some interesting differences. Um, I mean, and this is based on my reading of the wikipedia plot synopsis of the story i didn't bother to <laughs> what do you read think i read you story. think i
0: read all however many lines of the poem no i read the the wikipedia entry but only
1: like the first half of it so the wikipedia entry says that the green sash is actually in the story is introduced by the woman in the castle but in this telling of it gawain's mother makes it first and then it's taken from him by the boy and then the lady in the castle gives him a green sash. And I was curious if you interpreted that to be that it's the same one or a new one.
0: No, I I can't. I... <laughs> i don't know if that's open to interpretation it is so inscrutable i don't know
1: yeah and say so, but it like it matters right because the green sash obviously is a meaningful like artifact in the movie and because it's because uh, it's, it's what's the whole story is that...
0: about in the original right well right? It's, it's
1: he the... he needs to give it up for to get like the, the the very last thing he does in the movie before we get to the end is he he takes it off because he's supposed to that's the other thing the movie does not make clear that it's supposed to be clear in the story is that um oh no it is supposed to be clear that he He's supposed to give the uh the guy in the castle whatever he gets and he doesn't give him the green sash. He also doesn't give him a hand job. He doesn't um, give him a
0: handy that was that was dealt with so to me, like so confusingly. Cause yeah, in the story it makes more sense. Like on day one it's one kiss, on day two it's two kisses, and then yeah, the one thing he doesn't do is like give him the sash or whatever. And so like it's supposed it's a story about I mean obviously about like you know, your reputation and integrity, but about honesty, right? And it's supposed to be this. It's all one big joke, and it is a game. And, you know, like, this was all put on by, was it King Arthur, who was actually responsible for all the things taking place or whatever? No, that's
1: another thing that's interesting that's a difference is that Wikipedia says the. in the poem arthur's stepsister or half-sister was behind the green knight and so that sort of tracks with the movie where does track with the movie yeah they depict gawain's mother sort of summoning him but in the poem it's the old lady who's blindfolded at the castle that is his like sister-in-law or half-sister or whoever. So they like they like invented a different mother for Gawain and had her be the one to summon it, but then kept the old lady with the blindfold. Um, and the lady and,
0: with the blindfold made no sense because they didn't even mention her, and
1: if they did, it was too
0: quiet. Right. And, I did not hear and then
1: her. also in the poem, the Green Knight is the guy. He's like Joel Edgerton's character is the Green Knight. Um, but that's not the way it reads in the movie.
0: Oh, I did um, not get that from the synopsis. Maybe I didn't I read it too quickly. I don't know. If you
1: yeah, it, it's supposed to be that guy, and so that's when he's like, Ah, it's all a game or whatever. But in this one, it doesn't It all seem like a game, and like I the way I read the end of the movie is he gets his head chopped off um like that's yeah. the, like the last thing is boom his head comes off but he right, dies but honorably we, but, instead of living yeah, without honor
0: yeah i this is why i'm saying that this movie had no like no goodwill left with me because like the you know like uh, the prestige where like uh before th- events start happening like on screen don't you hear um what's his face's character say like are you are you watching closely or something like that mm-hmm. and it's almost yeah. like this verbal cue of like oh shit like i need to be paying close attention to what's happening because uh, maybe i'll figure out the secret behind the trick or whatever well in this like king arthur like uh before he sends him on his uh well before the year commences it's still christmas day or whatever he says like remember it's all a game he like whispers it to his in his ear and i'm like okay well what does that mean And I'm like, maybe he means, like, metaphorically, like, all this is just a game. This is all a game. Because, like, I'm trying to make meaning of it, because that's the whole point of story, to derive meaning. It's not supposed to be nonsense. And because of all the non-sequiturs, I I could pull thematic ideas from it, but I can't tell you necessarily what happened. And that bothers me. That bothers Mm. me. Because I, I, I presume I'm guessing like you do that like all that events the events that we see where he becomes well he you know he has a kid with the uh, with the whore version of Alyssia Vicander and they have a baby and he takes the baby and pays her off very uh, dishonorable thing to do and that boy ends up like dying in war and like he loses his his land you know like the king I don't know like you, you see a yeah. lot of war and it doesn't seem to be going well for him. Uh, and he, you know like it just seems like this is this is the bad outcome, dying alone basically, you know and being a f- complete failure and then you know come back and he's you know it, it goes back and he's still in the green chapel. you're like, okay, well, that didn't happen. So maybe he was just kind of thinking through all those events or right. he had a vision. but here's the yeah. problem. Here's my problem, Ryan. I'm screaming, <sighs> but I'm I'm feet away from my microphone now. Here's the problem. He eats shrooms at one point. I think that's a very, like, deliberate choice. Like, he eats bad mushrooms, he throws up, and then he sees giants with exposed breasts, okay? So, from that point forward, I trust nothing that happens. <laughs> okay. And so, it's just like, I don't... You know, how do I make sense of a narrative where he goes to this, like, uh, I... I'm still confused by like your inter- like your your explanation of the story, because like when he goes to the, the the castle or whatever on his journey and said like, oh, well, like the Green Chapel is only a couple of uh, hours from here or whatever. So I don't think that guy was also the Green Knight, but that's fine. I can no, look at in it. in
1: the movie. I don't think you're meant to think no. that he is. No, but no I'm but saying the, in the or, story, in the original so. tale yeah it is i'll look at it
0: again i don't i don't it's not hills that i'm willing to fight or die on we both read wikipedia articles we're not experts (laughs) for any english professors uh that are listening i'm sorry to disappoint you so much um but you know like how am i supposed to make sense of the narrative and like how it's supposed to be working when i have uh alicia vikander show up again and a different character yeah,
1: is one of my questions because the, the, um, the, like the, the, the version of her, of the, the, the version of Lisa Vikander that Sir Gawain knows in like Camelot that as far as I understand is not in the original story either. So that character is invented. So if he's inventing that character and then casting the actress in both roles, like there must be something there, you know, like there, there must be some commentary he's making, or there's a point he's trying to make. I'm not entirely sure what it is. This is another thing that I want to explore. And it's not working well,
0: you know? So like, to me, that's true.
1: I would, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree. with
0: that. So to me, like there is something, um, emphatic about the conversation that she has with, uh, and I think it's a flashback and he's like looking at the bell, the little Christmas bell, the jingle bell um i think he's like reliving the events of like right before he went on his hero's journey and she's saying like why can't i be you know like it's a really great monologue in fact i think she has all the good ones but some of them i can't hear because the movie's not great um but she's talking about like you know like you'll be my man and i'll be your lady why can't that be the you know why can't i have your hand and your heart and your you know the chair by your side or whatever it's really well written and interesting and i think the whole point is like you know he's not a traditional knight but he gets to sit next to the king he has the ability to inherit the throne uh but because of the way the world works there's no chance that he can actually like make an honest woman of this prostitute and have her like actually sit beside him in royal court you know so i think that's interesting and maybe it's supposed to be juxtaposing that with you know here's this actual noble lady yeah it's the same you know it's the same actress but the movie's not doing a whole lot to help me make meaning of it though the movie's not doing a whole lot to make meaning of anything i even read well that's
1: that's the that's the only part that i would just disagree with you in 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 as much
0: as like meeting not narrative meeting to me they're different I can say like, no, I, oh, this this is about blah. Okay, go ahead, Fisher. Thought I cut you off.
1: No, no, I I think there is meaning there. I think I just didn't parse it out. Like I didn't like that. Like this, and this is like I don't know. There's enough there for me to be intrigued enough to have really enjoyed it, and to have enjoyed like processing through it and thinking through it and all that stuff. But I would agree it's inscrutable like it's it was hard at times to follow and to really understand exactly what was going on um but i i think like i think those things have meaning i just don't know what they are and so i want to see it again like that's that's where i'm at with that with those things like i have some lingering questions of things i don't get and in for whatever reason a movie that i didn't like as much as I liked. I would be pissed off by it. But in this case, I'm just more intrigued than anything else.
0: Well, give me a balance. Like, what? What's the? What's the ratio of you enjoying it because of the the visual elements? Um, is that I like eighty know.
1: percent of it? No, I would. I because I'm not as like those things aren't usually as important to me as story I and character.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Story and character to me are more important. Um which is weird that I like this as much as I did. Yeah, I know this is why I'm trying um, to, I'm
0: trying to dig in a little bit. And it's
1: here. a hard thing because like ghost, like ghost story, um, is I guess similarly inscrutable, but easier to figure out because it's really just about one thing as opposed to this, which is, I think about several things. Um, and the story is incredibly straightforward. It's hard to know. It's a weird one where it's like, sometimes you're like, what's happening right now. But then mm-hmm. like, once you sort of, clue into what the movie is doing it like all makes sense you're like oh oh i see what's happening now and now i can just explore the ways exploring this idea i can enjoy the ways exploring this idea with this one it took me so long to understand what the movie was about that i was like oh now i need to watch it again so i can like track through what you know how is he exploring this theme of like having you know like a flawed night and having your morality tested over and over again. And like, I tried to make sense of it in my notes afterwards. I like kind of bullet pointed out like, okay, what encounters does he have and where does he act honorably and where doesn't he act honorably and what might that mean? And and those sorts of things. And I, I don't, I don't have it all. Um, but I'm interested.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I gotta take a, I gotta take a deep breath. I, um, I will tell you, like, where I, like, thought there was some really, really interesting thematic, just material there, right for the dissection, where, uh, before, like, you know, it's as he's, it's when he's come back to the Green Chapel, and, you know, it's, it's, he sits there for what seems like several days, right, that's what we're supposed to understand, is that, like, you know, the sun is set, it rises again, and, you know he got there early, and he's you know waiting for it to actually be Christmas Day. So he's waiting for the Green Knight to awake or whatever. And when it finally happens, you know he, he mostly like I think the Green Knight's like, well, go ahead and you know like uh, bend your bend the knee or whatever because I'm gonna lop your head off. And he says he asks like, he's like, is this all there is? Is this it basically like? There's there's no pretense. There's nothing else. Like I I came all this way, and now this is this is what it's going to take for me to be an honorable man, or to be legendary, you know. Yeah. Because that's one thing I'm thinking about. This is an Arthurian legend, but it's also like helping set up like the idea of legends, right? Because because uh, at, at, at the Christmas dinner or whatever, like Arthur, like you know, who do you see when you look out, you know, across the room, and he says. Legends, And I'm like, man, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Let's see what we do with that. That's pretty useful. And so it's like, it's not just like, am I an honorable man? Am I, am I a man of integrity? But like, do I have what it takes to be a man of legend? And what we see from this is that like his legend begins to spread before he's done a goddamn right. thing. You know, so yeah. I think that's very interesting. And so I thought there was this kind of like empty futility in the idea of like, I have waited all this time. I have stressed like crazy for a year knowing that I needed to do this, but it was probably gonna result in my imminent death. And now I'm here and really this is all there is. It's like I give you the ax back and you cut my head off and uh, now I'm Sir Gawain who challenged the Green Knight and I become a legend and that's all there is. And the Green Knight even says like, what, you thought there'd be more? And I was like, this is very interesting. But then, you know, we have all the other things and then that thing that i that one seed that had captured my attention was kind of you know crushed beneath all the other crap that happened for the next 20 minutes and i was i was over it
1: It (laughs) (sighs) well i'm sorry you didn't like it buddy
0: yeah yeah but apparently I was gonna hate Stillwater that's what you tried to you tried to give me false information about my hero Matt Damon I didn't Damon. say you were gonna
1: hate it I said it was very like the the reception was very mixed and then I sent you that that Twitter thread from Amanda Knox which, I, which is heartbreaking
0: which any of that um in fact is is it based on the
1: like amanda knox's story again i have no idea Ex- explicitly um that is what like tom mccarthy director has said and okay. it shares a lot of some details that are very similar um and uh, that tweet thread like you should watch the movie first but then read the tweet thread because um, mm. it's uh yeah man, scathing seems like it's not scathing she hasn't seen the movie so she's not criticizing the movie itself Uh, although maybe she has seen it because she does talk about some plot details she's more um talking about the idea of like you know she was completely innocent in the events of it but because of the way the story has been told in the media and by other people um it is always called the amanda knox story and her name gets attached to it and yet you know she has no agency in that she has no control over it and people like Tom McCarthy who she extended offers to to come talk to her about it didn't come and talk to her about it and but continue to use her name to promote their thing and and they they make choices in the movie that she, you know, have implications for how people view her even though the movie is not, you know, literally about her but they keep invoking her name and then they make choices in the movie that reflect poorly on her and those kind of things.
0: Is the character in the movie Amanda Knox though, or is it some other you know, it's like
1: it's no, it's it's a it is a like a fictionalized version of it. She's not named Amanda Knox, but then you have the director walk going around giving interviews at Vanity Fair saying that it's inspired by Amanda Knox.
0: So that's the one misstep then it sounds like. He just shouldn't have said that. Well And then she has no grounds, yeah, right? I mean like that's the whole thing, like inspired by true events but i think like-
1: she she's she's it's what no she's she's making a broader point like she's make, making some very pointed criticisms of tom mccarthy and matt damon um for continuing to invoke her name but she's also making a much broader point um about it actually reminded me a lot of this essay that emily radakowski wrote about who owns her images who owns her likeness and you know why is it that her identity Mm. doesn't seem to belong to her as opposed to other people um who have photographed her or have used her um her image uh for their own purposes uh uh it's it's, she's making a broader point that's very similar to that
0: got it interesting i guess i don't know (laughs) i'm still probably gonna see it
1: i'm still gonna see it too i'm interested to see it i just think it's interesting it's, it's it's interesting to hear directly from her and for her it's like a long twitter thread and um she's clearly thought a whole lot about it and it's had like you know aside from the fact that she was jailed for many years for something she didn't do um the continuing you know saga and story of it has it's just had continued to have effect over her life even after she was exonerated and released and all those yeah. things
0: yeah, it's one of those things, I guess it's the nature of like, and maybe can we relate it back to The Green Knight, where it's like, yeah, that there does seem to be a conflict of interest or whatever when you're telling a story that has some affiliation with a thing that happened in real life. But like as soon as she has left this earthly plane and crossed the Rainbow Bridge, it's almost like, well, you know, now I'm just telling a story that's similar to this thing that happened in history and there's really no one to complain about it. I guess maybe the family, but even then you can go further enough away from it where it's like, now it's more legend, you know, not
1: like a recent, uh, critical or current event. Wait, what ba- based on what you said? Am I to believe that, that, um, you think that the Arthurian legends are part of history as opposed to just legend? Oh, uh, no. Okay. Cause I don't think they were real. <laughs> no, I, I think there's some uh, grounding in reality, just like many things. Right yeah no that's true but I think they're they're generally considered to be fictional Um, no obviously oh okay well it just made it sound like you were talking about you know events that happened in history and then what happened to the principle of charity so the
0: opposite of that would be like assuming that the person you're talking to is a complete moron who thinks that what he reads in comic books is real I just was confused by what you were saying I'm sorry yes of course Arthurian legends are not there's not actually oh god my there's not a lady in the lake. Okay, do I need to quote um, "watery tarts"? I believe is the phrase. They're just handing out swords. Is not the basis for a monarchy. No, not no aquatic sea nymphs. Yeah, no. I get it that they're not true stories that put their base in some like actual things that happen. That's why I like. Uh, I would have to look up who who did it, but isn't it like? Um, clive owens and Kira knightley and and they did a more like gritty king arthur i like that one like
1: 2004 oh, I
0: 2004 i think well i like sword and sandal movies and let me tell you folks if you're waiting all this time for me to say whether or not you should go see this movie if you're thinking this was a sword and sandal there are barely any swords and they're not used for much purpose and there's barely any sandal so this is there's no action in this movie
1: Uh, I can't find the one you're talking about that Kiera Knightley was in I'm curious about it though what do you mean look up the, cl- the King Arthur with Kiera. I think Knightley. it's
0: called Arthur or no maybe not I really like it's it fine. it's fine re- whatever Doesn't no matter. this is important this is the most important thing we're going to talk about today I think I can, remember I can cut out Dead Space yeah King Arthur from 2004 Clive Owen Stephen Delane huh. Kiera
1: Knightley who directed it
0: and Antoine Fuqua.
1: Movie? Oh, Antoine Fuqua did that one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I never I saw I enjoy that. that. Well, you should get on it. I don't think people. I don't. It's
0: got a 46 uh, meta score. That seems low. Hmm. Well, I would recommend I like.
1: you see this, but only if you like things like this, and not you know if you're if, into if you're into like um, more traditional King school. Arthur tales, like First Night or What's that one that they made in the eighties that people like, that's got Helen Mirren in it. You know, like if you're into those more traditional ones, this one's not really probably going to be for you, but if you like more, you know, weird, uh, if you out there, if you want it ethereal... to feel like you
0: woke up from a fever dream, but it was also a nocturnal emission, go see this movie. Wow. <laughs> okay. That will do it for our review of the green Knight. Stay tuned next week for our review of the suicide squad. Very excited. Very, very friggin' excited. Uh, our opening theme song is Kaiju by Tribe One. You can check him out on Twitter Tribe One One. Excuse me, that's at Tribe One And You can also listen to his music at Tribe one com. And now, with some final thoughts, I don't know how final they are. Here's Ryan. Uh,
1: I went to a baseball game last night and so um, took part. Although well, they won, it was a fun game to go to. Um, i took part and shared in my portion of a boomstick do you know what a boomstick is john
0: oh you're asking me if i know what a boomstick is and we're not referring to uh what paul giamatti uh, called guns in uh gunpowder no. milkshake yeah no yes, I did no right i did not have I, a I, of a gun. I ate a boomstick by myself one oh my rangers game uh, with, uh, the small gaggle of people that were in the seats around me, very excited to like monitor <laughs> my progress, kind of turned into its own little episode of man versus food. The thing is, I right. didn't really put anything on it except cheese sauce. So it wasn't, you know, it's not like it was laden with topping. It was pretty easy.
1: <laughs> well, I, I had, so when we got to the ballpark, I was really hungry. So I just had a hot dog. Um, And then later, um, we decided to go get a boomstick, which if you're not familiar, a boomstick is like a three foot long hot dog. Um... So we got one, and I had like probably what the equivalent of another hot dog. You know, like I, I had, it was like a you know a normal size, but I had that. And then we also bought this like rattler sausage thing, and I had a tiny bit of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like a little bit of the boomstick left, and I don't like to waste food, so I like went ahead and ate. I didn't eat the bread because the the roll on those things is like really thick and substantial, and I was like I don't need all this bread, um, so I just had some more Let's hot dogs. Just give me the wiener yeah but man like my tummy was upset the rest of the night it was uh there was it wasn't like you know like instant diarrhea or anything but it was like lord that's the title (laughs) of your autobiography by the way it it wasn't instant diarrhea (laughs) it was like you know like those it's like almost diarrhea colon
0: the ryan ferguson story colon (laughs) that one time i shit on somebody's fence
1: (laughs) It was more just like slow moving waves of you know stomach cramps for a few hours. It oh was God, were you
0: in a shared car with her family? Because that's what it was—a family no. event. Okay.
1: No, we we um, because uh, because of the dog, uh, we came in a separate car so that we could leave a little bit early to get Betty out. Um, okay, God, that's. A great I think excuse, Betty was yeah. home alone for like maybe four and a half hours. She did great. She was really good, but we didn't want to. She we didn't want her to be home for five or six. So. Yeah, uh, I think we I think we left uh, in the eighth inning, which is fine. Like, I'm not usually someone who leaves early from baseball games, even if my team is far ahead or far like losing by a lot. I don't usually leave early, but it was it was like fine. It was good. To, we were a good good spot to leave. Um, well,
0: it I'm was just good. glad was you weren't. Time. I'm just glad you weren't in a car with her parents, like being a, a farty, poopy mess.
1: No, that would have been very like, embarrassing. No, I no, I wasn't even really farty. Like when we got home, when we took Betty on a walk, I definitely let let out some gas, and it really relieved things. Okay, you uh, don't ha- but, you don't have
0: to share that. You
1: know, like oh. let me make the
0: jokes. Don't confirm whether or not the jokes are
1: accurate. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. your jokes are rarely accurate. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Very nice of you to say. So, what did you think of the ballpark?
1: Oh, it's uh, it's a really nice ballpark. It is. Huge, it's really, really big. Like, when you're outside of it, it's a little bit weird that it's right next to the old one, like, it's literally across the street. Um, well, and not even like across the, like, <laughs> the,
0: the, the the, citizens of Arlington, it's ridiculous. Wow. The whole thing's ridiculous,
1: yeah. Um, what I'd say that it doesn't have that Minute made uh, field, I think it's Minute made Field, Minute made Park, whatever the, the the stadium in Houston, um, because it's a similar design in that it's got like a retractable roof doesn't um, have cheating scandals. Go ahead. It, I didn't know. It doesn't have cheating scandals. But um, Houston built theirs in such a way that um, there's a giant glass window um, that makes up, I think it's like left field. Um, or the wall behind left field, and so like the one game I've been to um, in a, well, at least in a long time, the last few years in Houston, I was sitting kind of on the first baseline, and so I had this really great view of that part of the uh, the park, and it was just a gorgeous view to look out and see the skyline of Houston right there behind uh, the ballpark, and here they don't really even attempt to feature anything like that because they couldn't in Arlington there's not enough close tall <laughs> yeah. buildings to feature right. anything like that there's so they a just didn't have that coaster. view
0: I don't even know if yeah I mean yeah direction. so it's just
1: it's not as pretty and also they only have one replay screen and where we were sitting in the left field it was sort of like above us and to the left and so there's there was nowhere to see a replay um, if you weren't in the part of the ballpark that can see the giant Megatron screen Oh, that's um, annoying. Yeah, it's weird. Usually ballparks have the one big one and then like a one or two smaller ones in other places, but we didn't there's they don't have that there for some reason. So mm. couldn't see the ball couldn't couldn't see the replays, couldn't see the uh uh you know when they do like the dot race, you know, we could watch yeah. them running, but you can also usually watch like the little display showing the dots. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch that either. That so. is a
0: disappointment.
1: But I will say that the less
0: time that you spent with the on-field product, the better that you were. I mean, they won, so it was a well-played game. I suppose in a franchise that's thrown away nearly everything. It's been a bad week for the Texas Rangers. If you were hoping that they were going to be good, like, next year, maybe the year after that, maybe the year after that. When Betty is an old woman, the Rangers might be relevant again. Okay. Yeah. You don't like sports talk? We got to talk about an artsy-fartsy film for an hour, and
1: I can't get five minutes of sports talk? I ate peanuts and drank a Coke. I don't ever drink Coke anymore, but when I go to a ball game uh, and eat some peanuts, I definitely want a Coke and it was delicious. After the earth. <laughs> <In conclusion. laughs> I, was-
0: <laughs> I think I was just so ca- captivated by like how like, Childlike and innocent, you sounded when you said all that. But I was really hoping mm-hmm. you would stop after I ate some peanuts. It's <laughs> some... <laughs> so cute. Oh, I'm just gonna. I gotta. I'm gonna read the outro separately, and I'm gonna cut it in because that was great. Oh, you're precious, ride After the earth-shattering conclusion, once justice is served. When at the last possible moment the world is again saved from the very brink of destruction, we'll be here to pick up the pieces. He's Ryan. I'm John. This has been the Damage Control Podcast. Thanks for listening. Game over,
1: man. It's game over. Come back to me.